This week, we're talking about practical home and business battery storage in the United States. First, I'm going to define what I mean by practical. There's two elements here. First, battery storage systems have to be affordable. And second, they're going to have to be useful. You're going to have to find a way to use them to save money, not just kind of an expensive gadget. So it's interesting to kind of look and see what the installed base of these uh, grid-connected battery storage systems are. And we're really not talking about off-grid systems. Those work great. That They've been in use for 50 years or so, and we've installed a bunch of them. And if you don't have utility power, they're great. But we're focusing on grid-connected battery storage systems. So here's an interesting tidbit. According to Green Tech Media, last year, 2015, there were 454 grid-connected battery storage systems in homes in the U.S. <laughs> That's not very many. Now, there were 5,000 installed for commercial and utility applications. That's because the economics are better there. And a lot of these were test systems, but they're, they're starting to get deployed because the economics are there. But there are 25,000 of them in Germany. The economics are great there. Germany, Germany is a country that is very farsighted in terms of electric grid and electric generation. And they're making it practical and economical to install. And my guess is at, in Germany, just like with solar, the battery storage systems go in much, much less expensively than here in the U.S. <laughs> and, you know, as we've talked about that before, the costs in Germany for a solar system are about half that they are in the U.S. And my guess is that the battery systems are also going to be half as expensive in Germany than here because Germany just has a better infrastructure to install this kind of equipment. They have lower soft costs. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Let's focus on the battery storage systems. Now, there are two applications that you can use for these systems. We mentioned one is battery backup, but the second is really for when when you want to arbitrage, do peak shifting, store excess energy that you generate during the day and use it at night. So, so first let's talk a little bit about these battery backup systems. And, and you know, as, as I mentioned, lots and lots of our customers are, when they're looking at solar, they're saying, gee, I got solar. Now I want to put in a battery backup system so I don't need to depend on the utility. Well, it, it, it can be done but it's expensive and not very practical. So the reason is that to back up your whole house, just, just kind of imagine how much power the house uses. I mean, every house that we install on has at least a 100-amp service panel. 100 amps times 240 volts, that means that the house can draw 24,000 watts of power. So let's just say we wanted to back up the whole house so you could kind of run it ordinarily. You'd need something like a 20-kilowatt inverter. Now compare that to the average 5-kilowatt inverter that's installed in a home. So a big inverter. And also, you need a lot of battery storage because if you're going to be drawing even just, say, 10 kilowatts for an hour, that's a lot of battery capacity. And so, so what happens is you end up with a very, very big system with a lot of equipment. And the reality is in most locations, the vast majority of locations, we have a pretty reliable grid here. You almost never use it. In addition to the batteries and the inverter. You need something called a critical load subpanel so, and a generator and a transfer switch that in many cases this is automatic with battery systems. But, but you're going to have a separate uh, electrical panel that is there just to feed the electrical loads in your house that you really need when you want to run on backup power. That way, 
you can put in a smaller inverter and less battery storage and still have the ability to do backup. But these critical load subpanels, I mean, it's, it's kind of deceptive, right? The, the cost of the panel itself might only be $250 or, you know, maybe $1,000 for an automatic one, but it's going to cost you $500 to $1,000. You're going to need to get a permit for an electrician to put in. So it's, it's not just like plugging something in. There's some electrical work that has to be done. And, and then, as I mentioned, the amount of batteries you need to get a meaningful amount of energy stored means it's not really affordable. And we mentioned earlier, let's say you had, I'm just going to make up some numbers here, a five kilowatt inverter and you wanted to have two hours of storage. That means you're going to need two times five kilowatts. You're going to need 10 kilowatt hours of batteries. And that's just going to give you two hours of storage. And that's assuming that everything's charged up. If you want to run your air conditioner, run your heating system, you, uh, other a lot of other appliances, that five kilowatts eh, may not be enough. So the amount of batteries you need starts to go up. So the reason is, and because of these costs, a lot of people, they think about battery backup systems. They might put them in and they put them in, they're going to be disappointed. And that, that was the case in many, in many situations back, you know, 10, 15 years ago when we were installing these lead acid battery battery backup systems. Yeah, it worked great for the first few years, but the systems kind of wore out. The performance went down and people were disappointed. And we ended up in most cases just swapping, taking the systems out and putting in a regular grid-tied inverter. And the reality is a generator is a much more intelligent decision for, for people who have you know, very occasional usage. I mean, I've had a generator for 20 years, and out here in California, I think I've only had to fire it up two or three times for extended periods of time, you know, over an hour. Once in a while, you might have like a five-minute blackout, but other, then it, it comes right back. And for five minutes, you can kind of live without power. And the other, the other good thing about the generators is it's, it's very inexpensive, um, not hard to install. Now, they do pollute, but you don't use them that often. Now, Good, good thing is the battery storage is going to get more affordable. So we talked about battery backup systems. The real potential for energy storage combined with solar in the U.S. is, is for something called energy arbitrage or peak shifting. And, and let's, the reason why that makes sense is utilities have started to price their electricity on a time-of-use basis. In other words, during the day or during the afternoon, when there's a lot of consumption, they charge a lot of money for electricity. At night, they don't charge a lot. That's the case both for residential and commercial. Actually, here in, in California, it's mandatory for small businesses to go on time-of-use rates. And, and you know, the, the business is kind of seeing this change over the last year or two, and their, their rates go up because they're using a lot of power in, in the afternoons or in the middle of the day, and it's a lot more expensive than it used to be. And they can't really run their businesses at night because that's not when people are at work. So with a storage system, you can do something called peak shifting. And let me just give you some numbers that apply in PG&E territory for, for home systems. The peak charges are 51 cents a kilowatt hour during the day and 15 cents at night. This is on the E6 rate. Other utilities have similar rates. Hawaii probably has a similar rate. Other utilities around the country will have similar rates, although the total of the rate is probably not going to be as high as it is in California and, and Hawaii. You know, maybe it's going to be 30 cents or 35 cents a kilowatt hour peak and, and maybe 8 cents at night. So what you could do is, even if you didn't have solar, you can charge your batteries at night at 15 cents a kilowatt hour and then use that power during the day at 51 cents a kilowatt hour. Now, Utilities don't want you to do that. And, and in fact, in, in most cases, there's some fine print somewhere that says you're not allowed to do that. You can't buy electricity from us cheaply and, then, and use it when it's expensive. But 
it's easier and legal to, to do that if you have solar. So you can put a solar system in, charge your batteries during charge your batteries during the day with solar, use the solar power if there's excess if your house needs it during the day, and then just buy electricity at night. So you have lots of options with battery storage to save money. The problem is that the battery systems are still kind of expensive. Now, that'll change, and, and I'm confident of that. So let's do some quick math and see what these numbers work out to, and, and you're going to see why there's only 454 battery systems in the U.S. as, as of last year. Now, the number's growing, but the economics just aren't terrific. Let's say you had a, 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 a utility rate of 50 cents a kilowatt hour during the day and 15 cents a kilowatt hour at night. And let's say you bought a $10,000 battery backup system. Now, that's a complete system, not solar, just batteries installed. It's working. It's got software. It's got monitoring. You know, everything's going. And let's say that system is good for about 4,000 charge-discharge cycles. Um, that's a little over 10 years, 11 years or so. So doing the quick math, that's going to cost you for $10,000 for 10 years. It's going to cost you about $2.5 a day for that system over over 10 years. And in 10 kilowatt hour per day battery capacity means that your cost for the battery system, just doing simple math here, two and a half dollars a day divided by 10 kilowatt hours that you get out of the system, it's 25 cents a kilowatt hour for your battery costs. That's assuming that the system's pretty worthless after 10 years, which is a likely result. And that includes everything else. So the system's going to cost 25 cents a kilowatt hour. And your savings, if you, if you were perfect as far as managing this electricity, would be 35 cents a kilowatt hour. 50 cents during the day, 15 cents at night. So you're saving 35 and it's costing you 25 cents a kilowatt hour. So not a bad idea, but it's really close and everything has to work perfectly. You have to use that whole 10 kilowatt hours every day, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of marginal. Now, Let's say that your solar generation was 10 cents a kilowatt hour and your average electric rate was 30. So this is battery storage with solar. So you're saving 20 cents a kilowatt hour if you were able to fully store all that energy. In that case, this cost for the battery, 25 cents a kilowatt hour, are more than what you could possibly save by storing your solar energy in the batteries. So economics aren't there. And that's the case in, in every new market. And, you know, and, and these, these analyses aren't including the incentives that are out there. You get the tax credit if you're putting in a, a battery system with storage. So these things can make the economics pencil out, but just basically it's not quite there yet. Now, now we talked about a $10,000 system cost, which ends up costing about $2.5 a day or $0.25 cents a kilowatt hour. I, I kind of look at some of the other numbers out there for, for countries and places where battery systems are going in pretty commonly. Sometimes it's over $0.50 cents a kilowatt hour. So that's the problem, that the, the costs of this kind of home peak shifting system are currently more than you can possibly save. And, and you know, th that'll definitely change. The, the, the three elements are going to change is the battery costs are going to come down. There's incentives out there. And there's going to be better utility rates and tariffs and, and that are going to start making this sense. So just like solar, we need to get the cost down. And that's happening. Now, for commercial systems, you can do this thing called peak load shaving. And commercial customers in, in California and many other places have this thing called a demand charge. So there's a demand charge of currently the PG&E rates of $15 per kilowatt. So for every kilowatt you use peak, 
it costs you $15. So if you had a business that, you know, suddenly had a peak of 100 kilowatts, maybe you have um, a bunch of equipment turning on, air conditioning, lights, charging things up, maybe people using their car chargers. They just look at that 15-minute interval peak. And if it's 100 kilowatts, boom, you got to pay an extra $1,500. So there's a, there's a big incentive to eliminate those peaks because most of the time the business may only use 25 kilowatts. So you want to kind of, if you're able to get that peak from 100 kilowatts down to, let's say, 50, you're going to save $750 a month. And, and that number really starts uh, working out. And, and you can get some pretty fast paybacks. That's why there's a lot more commercial battery storage systems. Now, why is it so expensive? Well, this, this isn't just like going to the electronics store and buying an uninterruptible power supply, a UPS, and plugging it in. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, the batteries. You have a charge controller that manages the batteries. It charges them up when they're discharges. And most importantly, it stops charging them when they're fully charged up. Otherwise, you're going to wear the thing out. There's an inverter, just like solar. Batteries produce DC power and you got to turn it into the AC that you use in the house. There's electrical equipment. There's an enclosure. So this whole thing has to go in a box, and the box has to be designed so that it's safe, and if there's a short circuit, there's not going to cause a fire, and, and it's going to be, if it's outdoors, it's got to be waterproof. There's software that goes into these things, and you can't just say, oh, that software is free. It can get kind of complicated, and it has to be maintained. And, and finally, you've got the design work, just like solar and, or any other big electrical equipment. You have to design it. It has to be engineered, stamped. You need a building permit. It needs to be installed. It needs to be inspected. So when all those things happen, just for a, a, a standard, I was just kind of looking around for numbers, a standard 8-kilowatt-hour battery storage systems with an 8-kilowatt inverter, so it could run for an hour, $15,000. And if you wanted to put solar on that, let's say you put a 5-kilowatt solar system on it, another ten grand. And, and so you're looking at something that's still kind of expensive. And the, the industry and everybody got kind of confused with some recent hype because Tesla came out with their Powerwall, and the price point was $3,500. And it's like, whoa, $3,500. Everybody else is charging $15,000 or $20,000. There's something really going on here. It's great. Well, a couple things that, 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 that evolved and, and came out over the past year. I, I call the Tesla Powerwall basically vaporware. This is what we called in the software industry or, or a piece of hardware. It's just not real yet because not only was it really not ready to deliver, this was a projected future price, but it didn't include everything you need to get it installed. And you know, That $3,500 price might have been just the wholesale price to an installer without the, the installation, without the inverter, without all these other costs. So... For $3,500, you could get a battery, an enclosure, and a charge controller, but almost nothing else. And when by the time you added that inverter, the installation, everything else, boom, your cost is going to go up to about $10,000, and that's going to be pretty typical. And the other thing is that the $3,500 cost of the system, or $10,000 fully installed, it didn't really do a lot. As, as we mentioned before, it could work for backup power a little bit, you know, if, if it's a... I don't know, it's like seven and a half kilowatts. You might get a few hours of backup power out of it. But there are no energy rates in the U.S. that are really favorable for storage with solar. There's no good tariffs for that. Hawaii's just starting to do that. And in the future, we're going to do it in California. But the, the economics aren't there. And so the, a lot of the installers that were going to be installing that kind of backed off a little bit. So we, we talked about the, the installers being between the product and the customer. There's a lot of challenges for, for your local solar installer 
or your national chain solar installer that's going to be putting this thing in. It's great that we have new battery chemistries, lithium ions. It's simpler than lead acid. I mean, we, we each probably are carrying around or have in our homes dozens of lithium ion batteries. I mean, even in our car and our computer and our phones. So they're pretty common. They're pretty safe. And well, we've, we've managed to design them so that they're pretty safe, but there's still a lot of extra components that come along with it. And we, we talked a little bit about that, but, but then you get into the installation issues and some of the installation issues. When you, when you go to install a battery backup system, you're 454 of them are done. So chances are you're going to be one of the very first in your neighborhood. So your local jurisdiction, your city inspectors, not going to be familiar with these things. The engineering department's going to be looking at this thing for the first time. It's not going to be like a rubber stamp, just like solar, they can permit it in one day. It could take weeks to get these things permitted. And then the inspector is going to have a lot of questions, and he's going to be looking at this for the first time and said, well, what about a ground on that? And is this component UL listed? And you're going to kind of track all those things down. So that's going to add an expense. And the installers that have installed those have overcame those obstacles, but it's still going to take a little time and still going to add an expense. Second, we, we talked about the 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 cities and the jurisdictions, then you also have utility issues. Quite frankly, utilities don't like battery storage. It's not good for their business. It's just like solar. But now you can, you're getting closer to being able to going off grid. And, and you're also avoiding some of those high peak charges. And, and if you're a business, you're avoiding the demand charges, which is a big part of the utility's income. So they make it complicated to interconnect. There's going to be a lot of paperwork, forms, certifications that you're going to have to go through. Your installer and the battery system designer company that manufactures it is going to have to thread that needle in every single utility and jurisdiction to make sure that all the, the, the boxes are checked off so that you can put the thing in. So it makes it kind of tricky. Now, good solar installers can handle battery uh, installations. I mean, we'll, we'll do it at Cinnamon Solar, but the economics aren't there yet. And, and, and we have experience with doing this. And, and quite frankly, um, because the systems weren't profitable and they required a lot of support, and this was 15 years ago, it's, it's changed. But a lot of the installers backed away. So when people come to us and they want to save money with solar and they want to save money with battery backup systems, we, can, we say candidly, hey, we'll save you a lot of money with solar. But we're not going to save you money with a battery backup system. It's great to put it in. You can try it. You can use it. You can be a really early adopter. But you're not going to save money. And, and so that's kind of the, the challenge. But God bless them, all the people that are still that are starting to do it. They're paving the way, and, and um, we've got lots of potential there. So what are the things that need to happen in order to make these battery backup systems, these, these battery storage systems, more common? Because they can obviously really help the grid. Well, there's three things. First, the batteries have to get cheaper. And, and that's just kind of happening automatically. We've got mass production happening. Um, second, the, the installations have to be simpler, lower soft costs. And third, we need favorable tariffs and electric rates. So as far as lower costs, you know, the numbers are all over the place depending on, on what you include in the battery systems. But just you know, figure out maybe $500 per kilowatt hour of, of battery capacity. And, and GM says that their costs right now for their batteries and their Volt and their other vehicles, it's about $145 per kilowatt hour. Tesla expects to get down to $125 per kilowatt hour when their factory is up and running. Now, when I kind of look at 
the systems for, for homes, it's, you know, we're looking at all-in costs right now of $1,600 per kilowatt hour. So you put in a 10 kilowatt hour battery backup system with a, you know, an inverter, depends on how big the inverter is, it's going to cost you 16 grand. For commercial systems, the, the cost averages right now about $1,200 per kilowatt hour. Obviously, you're putting in a much bigger system, but then the costs are lower. So when you compare those costs to what GM and Tesla say for the batteries, GM and Tesla is just talking about the batteries, probably not even in an enclosure and, and a, uh, you know, software and a management system. It's just the batteries. Whereas when you're looking at systems for residential and commercial buildings, it's the complete system. The other thing is that there's not a lot of consistency in these metrics. The, the, the number of cycles, the, the time, the, the duration that the batteries will function, the depth of the discharge, it really varies. But lots and lots of cost improvements there. Now, the soft costs, we mentioned that. Those are going to get lower. Right now they're high, but just as in residential solar, they're going to come down. It's going to be easier to get permits. It's going to be easier to get utility interconnections. The installations are going to go from less of a, um, you know, an art and, and a science project into something that's easier and, and straightforward, and there's going to be less maintenance. So what should you do? These are the people, hey, you're listening to the show, terrific. You're interested in battery storage system or you're a solar installer and you're thinking about it. What should you do? Well, battery storage systems are inevitable. They solve solar's nighttime problem. They're also great because they help our grid manage the generation to the loads. There's a lot of solar on the grid and, and that solar is happening during the day. We can now defer some of those loads to the, to the night by using battery storage. And we can also smooth out some of the, the, the spikes, the peaks. If you're an early adopter, there are a lot of good systems right now on the market. You know, residential, you've got a, a Sonin juice box. They just renamed themselves. I can't remember what the new name is. Outback Power, Solar Edge has something. On, on the commercial side, there's also a lot of companies. Green Charge Networks and Primus Power are two that come to mind. And I'm a big fan of battery storage. But I also want our customers at Cinnamon Solar to be happy and, and have a good experience and get a good deal. And that's why I'm just a little hesitant. We're only kind of going ahead with this for people who are really committed. So, summary, for most people, if you need temporary backup power, you know, you're worried about a, a blackout or a storm knocking down some electrical wires, get a cheap gas generator or get an expensive gas generator. Get one that's running on propane or natural gas. You know, it could run for a long time. A heck of a lot cheaper. You know, heck, you can just get a, a, a generator for $500 at a big box store. And, you know, if you really wanted a perfect installation, another $500 for a manual transfer switch and everything's cool. So that's, that's the best thing for backup power. People on, you know, people who are worried about big snowstorms or, or hurricanes or anything else, easy. Wait for lower battery system prices. The pricing's coming down pretty fast. You also want to wait for tariffs that give you a benefit for the battery. So these are, are utility rates that are really working well, that are giving you a nice incentive if you put in a battery backup system. And there are a lot of utilities that are planning to put those tariffs in place. <laughs> they're, they're actually being told to put those tariffs in place by the public utilities commissions, but they're starting to do it reluctantly, but it's going to happen. And, and you also you know, think about what's going on with battery storage. Many of us are driving around with huge batteries in our cars. I mean, my, my Volt has a 16 and a half kilowatt hour battery in it. So there's going to be interconnections between your car, between your home storage system, and between the utility to the storage that you're, that, that's on wheels. So those, those things are also going to happen. So, so I would say if you want to be an early adopter, 
makes sense. But then you might just want to wait a little bit for things to mature a little. But in the meantime, as far as solar goes, any future battery backup system is going to work with current solar systems. So you might as well put in solar now. And why lose the annual savings that, that you would forego if you just waited for solar until the batteries were ready? Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcast. Thank you.